What's up, horror fans? It's Danny from the Lasso Cast, alongside my brother from another mother, Pete, Anchor Pete. What's going What's on, up? Pete? I'm good, man. I am actually rocking a t-shirt today that I wanted to show off real quick. This is a bunny mask, and it's a comic that's put out by um, Aftershock, which is a company that I work with. Um, I am an Aftershock ambassador, and I go to comic book stores and just see how their sales are doing and stuff and see how the company can help them out. And Bunny Mask is one of many horror comics that Aftershock has. And so they actually just sent me this shirt. I'm going to give them to my comic book stores. And if you ever get into comics, Danny, I definitely recommend this series. Right I've here. seen Aftershock a few times at um, at New York Comic Con, and they yeah. always have like a ton of really cool stuff. And I think I actually have probably bought something from there and I just haven't gotten around to picking it up, but I always mean to like, they always yeah. have like the coolest looking comics like that are not like obviously Marvel or DC or. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, what do you call it? You, um, you probably interested in their book maniac of New York. Cause that's like a lot of people say that's sort of the alternative to having a Jason movie since like Jason movies are all tied up in legal issues. So they're like, this is like a substitute for Friday the 13th. Yeah, uh, well, I think you've recommended that to me in the past. So I'll definitely Maniac in New York. So, yeah, we're actually not here to discuss Aftershock Comics, even though we're we're totally cool giving them some some uh, props up on our channel. Uh, we're here today to discuss a new Shudder offering, uh, the movie Off Season, which yeah. premiered on Shudder, I believe, Thursday. Uh, went up, it's now uh, over the weekend, it's Sunday. Uh, you and I both watched this last night. This movie was directed by Mickey Keating, who I've only seen one of his films. Actually, no, that's not true. I've seen two of his movies. I've seen Darling, and I've seen Carnage Park. Carnage Park was really good. Okay. Uh, so, uh, and a lot of the people who were in this movie have some pretty impressive horror pedigrees. Yes. Uh, including uh, the lead actress, Jocelyn Donahue, who is in one of my all-time favorite films, House of the Devil, uh, mm. directed by Ty West, who just uh, returned to horror with X uh, right. earlier this year. Right. Um, Jeremy Gardner, who's in this movie, uh, he is a very accomplished writer and director. He did The Battery, which is a pretty cool uh, zombie movie, kind of a low-budget zombie post-apocalyptic movie. Yeah. Uh, and then he did the really cool After Midnight. Uh, I don't know if you got to see that. That was really good. Nice. Okay. So, yeah, he's like an actor, director, writer. Uh, the, the Joe, I forgot Swamber. his name, the guy who plays her husband in Joe this, or Swamber. her boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. He also is like a director, writer, like most of the people in this cast are like horror filmmakers who occasionally act as well. Yes. So I was really looking forward to this. The trailers gave off a very Lovecraft vibe. Yeah. So what did you think? Did you think this movie hit? Uh, we've covered a ton of Lovecraft stuff on our channel. Yes. Do you think this movie uh, had those Lovecraftian vibes once you started watching it? Yes. As a matter of fact, um, I can't remember if it was on this channel or on Anchor Pete, where Sherry and I talked about Crouch End. And so we talked about that short story by Stephen King, which is like a Lovecraft, it was from like a Lovecraft anthology. And then um, when they had that um, Stephen King show that was on TNT, what was it like? Uh, 
It was like an anthology show. Nightmares and Dreamscapes? Yeah, yeah. They did a Crouch End episode, and it very much reminded me of that. Did you get that kind of vibe, too, or no? Yeah, I read... So I didn't see that episode, but I did love... I, it was either you or Chris who recommended YouTube has Tim Curry reading Crouch End in yeah. all of his various tim curry accents yeah and it is fantastic it's on youtube uh totally free if anybody wants to give that a, a listen to uh yeah. but yeah no i definitely got like especially the scenes where she's just like running around the empty town at night because yeah. that's that was really like crouch end was one of those stories where like the two characters they make like a wrong turn and there's these kind of weird looking creatures and people who have like deformities are now around. But for the most part, there's just emptiness and like blackness. And yeah, I could tell that that's a good, I was thinking just more along the lines of the idea of them going to this Island mm -hmm. where there's a, supposedly a demon from the water. So yep. immediately I went to uh, Dagon uh, right. at first and then obviously you know i i don't want to get too into spoilers but towards the end uh there is a certain image on the screen that is very lovecraftian that yes. uh it's kind of hard to ignore that one uh but yeah i that was one of the things that intrigued me when i watched the trailer to this movie where i was yeah. like "Ooh, this looks like a a, a modern day lovecraft story by the way, did you watch Luca with your with your girls? I did not. The Disney movie? They watched it, but I didn't. Because Luca was totally Dagon. <laughs> like it's about like fish people in this like old village who live yeah. hidden from the the rest of I'm like I think Disney just made a Lovecraft movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, the um, the genre itself, because you you say Lovecraft, and and the thing about Lovecraft, often we kind of associate with an island or like some kind of remote place, or it's the idea of like this whole area seems weird, and then we usually learn that it's connected to some kind of like cosmic thing that we don't understand, right? And I have to say that like since I've started this channel with you, that I've I've been exposed to more and more stories like that where I didn't really read a lot of stories like that prior and um you know crouch end is one example you and i we discussed um the hungry moon which i, I think about that that's like one of the scariest books i think i've read it since i've gotten really into war, right and and then um you know the the wicker man that's like my favorite horror movie that's the idea of like this kind of kind of like isolated community now that one is not like a lovecraft type story but it's that idea of like an island of people. I mean, even something that we covered, uh, you know, recently that we both love so much, like Midnight Mass. Once again, island community, isolated, something horrible happens. So so this is like kind of a common theme. Uh, at one point in this movie, they mentioned Block Island. And I was like, wait a minute, is this Block Island? But I must have misheard it or something because this is like a no. They do island. mention Block Island. Uh, it, I don't think the island itself was like it has a name that I'm right. Forgetting. It's, um, I believe Lock it's called Lone, Lone Palm. Island. Yeah, I because when I saw that, I kept thinking of Back to the Future. I was like Lone Pine Mall. <laughs> right, 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 right. 
or, or Lone Palm, which is like how I spend a lot of my Saturday nights. And so, oh. um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's early on Sunday morning. I get this stuff out. But what I'm trying <laughs> to get at is that like this kind of genre where it's like this sort of cutoff community and you have to like take a boat to get to them. And even though they exist in the modern day world, there's obviously some sort of like secret ancient thing going on. It's a real intriguing genre and it can be extremely unsettling. And um, I actually was not vibing with this movie for the beginning of it uh, until you texted me and you're like, hey, this is like a Lovecraft story. And then I was like, oh, yes. And I, I do feel like the movie shifts and gets better for like the last, I don't know, half hour or so of it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that the movie, I don't think this is a perfect movie by any stretch. But yeah. I do think, uh, and I do think that there are, like, I, I know one of your big, uh, since we started this channel, you're always big on, like, you don't like movies that give way too much exposition. I right. thought this movie gave, like, almost no exposition at all. So right, right. it was a little hard at the beginning to kind of understand the motivations of the characters. Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, but once you kind of got that a little bit of backstory and once the, the plot kind of got going, I thought that it was really good at, it really got under your skin uh, the more the movie went. You know, yes. uh, the isolation, just the running around in the dark so, uh, with, you know, every uh, the way that they do the, the people with their eyes, like permanently, like the undertaker rolled back into the back of their heads. Right, like, right. That's just like creepy. Or like, there's one scene later in the film where she she comes to the bar, but everybody is just frozen in place, like mannequins. Yeah, like that. That is that reminded me of like House of Wax. Okay. And in in a in a way, and uh, you know what? One of the funny things is this movie is absolutely nothing like uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. But. It, it reminded me because the, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre starts with the reason those those kids are, are in the van in Texas is because of the the, the girl uh, is going to check on her grandfather's grave, which uh, because the cemetery has had a bunch of like grave. Uh, what do you call them? Uh, Robin? They, but the grave like, robbings, but also like the graves have been like messed with and vandalized. destroyed. And I was like, oh, because that's like the initial, uh, the plot of this movie is the whole reason they're on the island is she gets this letter. Like you have to come and look at your mother's grave. It's been defiled. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, they show up and now they're stuck with this like town of creepy locals. I'm like, that's kind of a Texas Chainsaw story. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's, but it's yeah, that you say that because um, that was actually mentioned in this uh, review that I read too. I read this review by uh, Katie Reif, uh, who wrote this for um, RogerEbert.com. She gave the movie two stars, and I really, really loved her review. And and she did a callback to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think I might have overlooked that connection that you made, but I think that's what she was getting at too. Is that it kind of has a similar uh, like starting point, right? And um, the thing about her review that I really liked, and this is kind of going along with what we're talking about here, is that she said that it's kind of hard to determine 
if this movie is like a an homage to like a certain type of movie, like a certain era of filmmaking, a certain type of uh, horror filmmaking, or if there's sort of like shortcomings of the film itself. And and she seemed to be a big fan of the director, um, you know, Mickey Keating. She, um, she was basically saying that like the sort of like the long pauses between people when they would say their dialogue and um you know the acting itself kind of is reminiscent of like a certain type of like black and white horror film and i think that that was kind of my main issue with the movie itself too was was the editing and the acting however she did give praise to the um like the atmosphere that mickey uh keating was trying to create and i think that's a big part from that kind of era of like black and white kind of creepy horror movies i could totally see this being a black and white like when you when you think about the fact that like there's really no special effects in this movie like the the scares are done with you know just there's like the one special effect uh where the 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 fisherman character gets is is being killed in in some like very strange way Right. Aside from that, like most of the scares are done in a very atmospheric way, as you said, like this very easily could have been uh, an early like universal horror movie from the 30s in the way of like the old dark house or uh, the black cat with uh, Lugosi and and, um, Karloff where you don't need big set pieces or, or special effects. It's just atmosphere and, and creepy locations and an occasional jump scare. Like there's the opening scene of the movie where the mother is talking and she's, and then she screamed. I was like, Oh crap. Like, yes. Like that. I wasn't ready for that. And so like, yeah, I, I totally see where there are some decisions in the movie editing wise, pacing wise, that I didn't love uh, yeah. some of the characters. Like I almost kind of feel like the boyfriend character, like th- that that relationship was never explored, and so it came across as very strange. Yeah, um, and so so that that I I didn't particularly like, but again, like it, the you know we we were talking right before we came on. Uh, when I had mentioned to you, oh, there's this new Shutter movie looks pretty good. Maybe we'll give it a watch. And then you were like, 83 minutes. Yeah. And this movie does exactly what I hope most horror movies do. Right. It and, and I mean this as a compliment. It doesn't outstay its welcome. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Well put. It it it, it gives you the movie. It gives you the scares. It gives you the the atmosphere and the some tension. And then when the movie's over, the movie ends. It doesn't go on for ten to fifteen more minutes. Nope. And and make you sit there like, yeah, I probably would have liked this movie a lot more if it were ten minutes shorter. Yeah. And like, I feel like so many times I go to a movie, and it's an hour and fifty five minutes. Mm-hmm. And the movie ends and I'm like, that would have been a four star 90 minute movie, but it's yeah. a three star hour and 55 minute movie. Yeah. So I think that this movie's runtime really helps it because it, it it really like th- there's not a lot of excess to this movie. Right. 
I actually, and I, I think that's a really great point. I think that the excess might actually be in the beginning of the movie. Because I think that it like tightens up towards the end. And I think the end, I, the last like 20 minutes, I think are like four stars. Whereas the beginning, I think is where there might be like a little bit of bloat. And I think it's just really trying to just set up that atmosphere. And I do think there's some issues with the acting in general. You kind of went through the cast a little bit before, but I wanted to touch upon the fact, like you mentioned that the very first scene is sort of like a little monologue by the mom character. And I think we're kind of getting into spoiler territory now too. So if you guys haven't watched this movie, you know, please go and check it out on Shudder. Uh, but like Melora Walters plays the mom. And I recognized her because Sherry and I right now are watching Big Love on HBO Max. And that's the show from the early 2000s. But she's one of the characters on there. Uh, she plays the mom, Ava Aldrich. And then Sherry mentioned that, you know, of course she's in Boogie Nights and, uh, you know, Magnolia too. So, so she's just like, you know, accomplished actress. And I think she does the best job in the whole fi film. The daughter, uh, Jocelyn Donahue that you mentioned before, I think that she's great throughout the whole movie too. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big Jocelyn Donahue fan. Uh, but yeah, I think her and her mother were the best two characters in the movie best to like parts of it from an acting standpoint definitely right and that's important yeah. too because the movie pretty much rests on their shoulders and especially on jocelyn donahue's shoulders you know then uh the fisherman in the in the credits on imdb the character's just known as the fisherman and um that's oh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry the bridge man that's Richard Brake, and he's kind of like a genre actor. He's in that upcoming uh, Monsters movie that Rob Zombie's putting out. But he was he, also he works. He does all Rob Zombie. He was in Three from Hell. Uh, he was in Thirty One. He was the only good thing about Thirty One. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The yeah. Less yeah. About that movie, the better. And, and, and so, like you know, I've seen him in a lot of different things. He's he's a genre guy. I think he's in um he's in the second <laughs> Halloween too. I think he's the guy that's in the truck you know, talking about like having sex with a corpse or something yeah if it's a rob zombie movie you know that any dialogue that the characters are saying is probably awful right right <laughs> so so he's over the top in this movie but what he's kind of implying is really creepy and and i think that's one of the best parts of the movie too is like what he says at the very end so i think that where the acting is needed where you need that melodramatic over the top acting it does deliver However, just like the pacing and stuff, especially in the beginning, I was kind of tuning out, but then I, I was brought in by the very end. So I think that like, um, with that being said, we should talk about kind of what is actually going on in this town, right? Yeah. So you think it's a specific Lovecraft monster? Or do you think it's sort of like their it, version of a Lovecraft monster? It, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It just like, so they say that, you know, the story... I, and this was another thing, like the the way that this guy kind of dropped on the audience, I felt kind of like I kind of felt like her boyfriend in the in the, like like you you're telling me this now, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I probably yeah, yeah. wouldn't have come if you would yeah. tell me this, right, uh, right. But apparently, this island uh, when the original people settled on this island, uh, they there were too many storms and they couldn't survive and they made a deal with this demon uh, where they would be able to live prosperously on the island. Uh, but they couldn't leave. I think that was the story. They're not allowed to leave or uh, one and one person every season and one person has to stay, I guess like awake to 
while everybody else goes dormant. Right. And uh, and basically her mother escaped. Uh, her mother fled and she becomes like a successful actress apparently, but yeah. apparently that cursed the whole town and the whole island. And they basically needed her mother to come back. Uh, and I'll tell you that that was one of the scariest scenes in the movie for me. Like I, I have an issue and, and this kind of reminded me of, um, I only because it reminded me of something from uh, the latest stranger things season where it, one of the scariest parts of this had nothing to do with demons or Lovecraft monsters. It was the scene where she's arguing with the lawyers and so basically, uh, Jocelyn Donahue's mother, she's been going crazy. She's been rambling pretty much incoherently. But the one thing she was very specific and very sane about was, don't bury me on that island. I, right. I, I don't want to be buried there. I never want to go back. And the lawyers are like, well, her will says it. We can't go against her will. It's illegal. And then the woman in that scene with this really weird smile on her face is like, have you been to the island? It's beautiful there. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> and it, it gives you this sense that there's like more at work here. And yeah. it kind of, you finished the seven episodes, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything for people who haven't watched it, but there is a character, the guidance counselor, uh, who I know yesterday at a family gathering, a lot of my family and I, we were like, so do you think she's part of this? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. there's like, you know, it, where like the evil expands to the, the real world. And there's sure. like, re and that also is kind of Lovecraftian in a way where it's like the, the monsters have like human avatars who reel people in. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and so long story short, she gets a letter. Your mother, her mother ends up getting buried on this island. Your mother's grave has been messed with. And she goes back on the last day before they officially close this, the island for the season. And they basically pull the bridge up and you can't leave. Right. And her and her uh, boyfriend or I don't know. They, yeah. Their relationship is very poorly explored. But uh, they end up getting, of course, stuck and lost and trapped. And uh, so in terms of like what this demon is, I mean, if we're talking spoiler territory, they they give you this big outline of what could be a Cthulhu-esque monster. Yeah. Like you could tell they didn't have and like I totally respect low budget filmmaking, but you could tell like that that looked like a matte painting. And they were just like projecting an image right. of, and which I'm totally cool with. Like, I don't right. need, you know, uh, giant Cthulhu monsters, uh, but they do give you this image of this like massive being way off in the, in the water. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's that, maybe it's uh, some kind of, uh, fish god, like a Dagon type. Uh, I don't know. They don't really go too deep into it. They kind of just allude to things. Right. Uh, which again, I, you know, some people might be, oh, I, I want to know what it is. I want to see the monster. I want to, sometimes 
and especially in a movie like this, less I feel is is more. And if you're left wondering what exactly was going on, knowing that there is something completely evil there, yeah. it it helps. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, I I, I like the end because um, here's a spoiler for another movie. And I, I if you guys haven't seen the movie Underwater, then please like just turn this off for the next. I thought the same thing. Now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, underwater kind of has this very similar ending where, um, you know, you see this gigantic monster. And, and underwater, it's very clear that it's like Cthulhu, right? Because it looks like an octopus. You know, um, Cthulhu is not the only, like, Lovecraftian deity that has, like, tentacles. Uh, so it maybe wasn't Cthulhu. I think that's everyone's kind of go-to with Lovecraft. Um, but, yeah, obviously there was this big, giant monster at the, you know, in the ocean, right? And so, like... <sighs> When when there is exposition, because you mentioned before that the exposition is not like hitting you over the head. I mean, you did a really great job actually summing up the movie there. When you finally do find out that there is this force that's like controlling the island, it's done in such a way it's real interesting. Like you mentioned that diner with um, or the pub with the people that are all kind of frozen. And it's essentially because like the entire island is just like the puppets of this creature. And you mentioned that one person is allowed to stay awake during this time. Um, the It takes over her boyfriend when she finally comes up to the bridge and she's trying to get away. And uh, the boyfriend is like speaking for this creature. And he says, the people are my fingers and the palm is my island, my hand. Fuck, I just- The totally island is it. my palm or something? The island is my palm, there you go. Which makes sense because the, the, it's called One Palm Island or whatever, right? Um, and so- I think that's very, very effective imagery just through dialogue. It, it, it like that's creepy in itself without even having to show you something. It just kind of is like, oh, and it, it gives up this kind of invasion of the body snatchers type feeling too. You mentioned uh, the fisherman character who has this kind of, he has like the main special effect death, which he's kind of like swarming and there's just kind of like tentacles kind of coming out of him. And it reminded I, me. Am, it, well, go ahead. It, it reminded me of one of the first deaths that you see in the thing. Um, uh, Bennings, I think it's Bennings' death, where they they Windows goes in to see him, and he's like, his body is just like being tentacled yeah. and, and wrapped around, and Windows just gets the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th it it reminded me a lot of that, and also it reminded me of the thing in the way that you didn't know who you could trust, who, you know, there's that, that old woman who shows up a few different times. There is something about old people in horror. Yeah. That old people who just stop moving. <laughs> like one of the great, one of the best scenes in it chapter two is the scene where Beverly goes to that old woman yeah. And she's talking to her and the old woman just stops. And then picks up immediately and you're like like I I like that stuff is very creepy to me and there's this old woman uh who like several different times in the movie is just like shown standing in the background her eyes like almost glowing white in the darkness. Right. Like, this movie does a lot well. Like yes. I, again, it's not a perfect movie but for an 83 minute, you know, original 
movie uh, with a low budget. I think this movie does a lot of things well. I think it hits the creepy moments yeah, uh, really well. So I, 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 I would definitely, like I, I was saying to you, like I would definitely recommend this movie. Yeah. Um, if this movie had been 100 minutes long, I would probably say you could skip it. Yeah. You know, 83 minutes, you know, you're in and out a little more than an hour. You got some good scares, some Lovecraftian vibes. I, I think it's worth definitely worth checking out. And I think it's got some good uh I, I know that the the editing and some of the acting is off, but uh Jocelyn Donahue's great. Uh I really like um what Melora Walters. Yeah, Melora. I gotta I gotta pull up her name real quick. Melora Walters. Yeah, uh, who plays her mother is really good. Uh yeah. Jeremy Gardner is pretty good in this. So it's it's definitely worth uh, a watch. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, on this channel, what we nor normally do is we kind of go on these little tangents about specific directors or specific franchises. And um, every so often we do these sort of shutter reviews because we're like, oh, that looks kind of interesting. And I remember that you, me and Chris did Hunted maybe even like a year or two ago at this point. And, um, you know, we kind of made fun of that movie because we just didn't like it overall. We talked about doing slap face because I know you really liked the um, the short, short film, yeah. But but we weren't like totally into that movie either, so we never ended up covering it. But then with this, when it first started out, I kind of felt like, oh, is this going to be like another slap face, or we're going to kind of maybe not cover it? But then as it went on, and then when you said the Lovecraft thing, I was like, oh no no, no let's definitely do that. And I think one last thing we should mention too, uh, before I, I you know we wrap this up is that the movie's called Off Season, right? And the idea is that this is like a tourist location and people can go to this island and interact and it seems like it's a normal, fun, happy place. But then in, during that off season- Until like, it's time to close down, yeah. Right, right. And I think that that in itself, as a guy who's actually going on a road trip tomorrow to go to Galveston, Texas, which is like essentially an island in Texas, I'm a little creeped out now oh, you know, well, after watching that movie. So the movie did its job then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, so it sounds like we both dug this movie. You know, we're not giving it this crazy amount of praise, but we do think it's worth watching. Oh yeah, it's definitely worth watching. If you have Shutter, um, and you you know it's nine o'clock at night and you have nothing to watch, just throw this on. It's so it's. I was exhausted. I put this movie on at around ten o'clock last night, thinking I'd make make it 15 minutes and fall asleep and it it kept me up and i i enjoyed the heck out of it so yeah yeah and and so like if you enjoyed dan mine uh, our review just why don't you guys leave us a comment tell us what you thought about the movie if you haven't uh subscribed to our channel yet please do danny puts up a ton of content on here all the time i usually ask danny to talk about what's coming up but you know what? i actually know what's coming up for him this time uh he and i and his daughter Charlotte and my daughter Pepper, we are going to cover the last few episodes of Stranger Things. He's done up to episode three with Charlotte, right? And so we're going to do four through seven together. And then our channel is called The Lasso Cast. We are huge Mike Flanagan fans. It's time for us to kind of close the circle and cover the two movies that we haven't covered yet. So uh, coming up this week, we're going to be doing uh, Before I Wake. Mm -hmm. so that's coming up as well. Also, uh, just sticking with Stranger Things for a second. Um, yeah. I went to, come here. I went to, we went to the Stranger Things experience yes. in uh, at the Brooklyn Navy Yards. So if you're one of our New York 
listeners, so much fun. Totally recommend uh, going to the Stranger Things experience. Uh, we did a video. Pete did an amazing job editing it uh, because I was basically swinging the camera around. It looked like the Titanic. So Pete did a great job of editing that down. Uh, you could watch our Stranger Things experience reaction. Uh, and also tonight, uh, we're filming this on Sunday. Tonight is the season finale of HBO Max's The Baby. Oh, Cannot wait uh, to watch that uh, tomorrow. I always do my reviews for that on Monday. So uh, tomorrow, uh, I'll get my review up for that. And also tomorrow, one last thing. Come here. Charlotte and I are going, she's going to Alamo Draft House for the first time ever. We're going to see a little movie called The Fog by John Carpenter. There you go. Uh, Again. Yeah. So we'll we'll do a, a That's quick the theater you talked to me about. Yeah, with the where you get to eat in the theater. Oh Alamo's uh, awesome, yeah. I know. So we're gonna we're gonna probably do a, a little quick uh reaction to uh the fog uh at Alamo Draft House tomorrow okay. as well. So nice. Yeah, so that's that's what we got uh, coming up. Yes, and you know, Charlotte, I actually live near Austin, Texas, and that's where the very first Alamo was. That's where the Alamo movie theaters began, and it's an awesome, awesome place. They, yeah. Right now they have a whole John Carpenter thing, and that's where you guys are going to go see The Fog. I'm kind of tempted to go see uh, Prince of Darkness if it's playing nearby. Yeah, so The Thing is playing on on Father's Day. Oh. Um, but only at three o'clock and then it's playing on the Wednesday after, but I'm going to be working late that night. And I'm like, Oh no. So uh, uh, I might not make it to the thing, but I'm de we're definitely going to see the fog. Nice man. And then one last thing to plug too, is that uh, yesterday I actually interviewed uh, Laurel H Hightower. She uh, recently released a book called below, which is about the Mothman. And then she did a book called crossroads, which Danny's a big, big fan of. I really yeah, like that. Book great, too. great story. Yeah, yeah. And so that video is probably coming up on, like, say, Wednesday of this week or so. So got a lot of content coming out for the Lasser cast. And so make sure you guys have subscribed. And we'd love a like, too. And we'll see you guys real soon.